Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. We are. Hey, Matt, how many times have we listened to that? Probably like 300. Three, at least yeah. 300 times. Yeah. yeah. Still like it. I do too. Yeah, Sarah I, found I that too. one for yeah. us. How do you like it, Heather? I love it. Do you guys have it in your dreams? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And in our nightmares, wait a minute, I didn't press the button. It's not going out. Help. Sometimes yes. I put it in a loop to see if there's anything coming out of the headphones while I walk around. Oh. And I did that the other day on a different podcast, and they're like, nope, wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the others are the wrong podcast. Yeah, that's right. right that's course. right. I wonder how our friends, I don't know if you've heard, but the Katie's is another podcast that comes out of Foothills, mm-hmm. and it's Katie Jones and Katie Hale, okay. and they're 20-something-year-old women, and they talk about the stuff that 20-something-year-old yep. women talk about. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun. And and then there's Cultivate and Keep, which is Jeremy Lebon, drummer, Jeremy Lebon, serial entrepreneur, yep. and Corey Haynes. And that's for a little bit older millennial guys, and it's for just talking about what God has given us to cultivate and keep, and just a story of their life. And I don't know, Matt, can I tell the other one? Yeah. Okay, so there's a secret another one that's happening, and I mentioned it to you just before we went on. The illustrious... Michael Van Meter is doing a video podcast. It's going to be released soon. He's been working real hard to get some content done, and he does it with four other guys, and they just sit around and talk about things that godly men need to talk about and work Unyielding. Out. Yeah, yeah. Is That's that what, what it's it is? called, yeah, unyielding. Unyielding. So yeah. everybody look for that one. That's yeah. my big commercial for all of them. But what's really important to me to start off with is – Matt and I have talked about, a lot of times we're recording people that he doesn't know. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know him either if they're an author or something like that, and I do research. But he gets to meet the family that we belong to, everybody else that's listening gets to. Yeah. And you're a special person, and I really want mm-hmm. them to know about you. Let's start off. You were once a small child? Yes. How did that go? It's a story, All right. <laughs> which I love. Everybody has a story, right? I was born to two college students, I would say. I was blessed with a sense of family early on. I had beautiful Christian grandparents, and I'm eternally thankful for them. I am who I am today because of them. Right My grandmother led me to the Lord. How old were you, Heather? Look at that. The Holy Spirit's already falling. (laughs) I think I was eight or nine. I can't remember, but I was a young child. Communion to this day means a lot to me because I know this is odd, but communion is what brought me to the Lord. Church with my grandparents, which my grandparents were there every time the doors were open. They were a lot more faithful to the calling than my parents were. So I believe God gave them a calling to reach their grandchildren for Christ. Mm. So I was at church with them, and it was communion Sunday. Sunday, and as a small child, that is a snack. <laughs> so I wanted a snack, and Grandma's like, "No, no, 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 this isn't for you." And I'll tell you later. So when we got home, is when he, she told me about what that represents mm-hmm. and what Christ did, and and how He loved on His disciples right before He was crucified. And so after hearing that from Grandma and learning how to accept Him as my Lord and Savior, I went outside on their back step. And did a prayer by myself, and that's when I accepted Christ. What's beautiful about that is 
for me, as a young child, you don't have the perspective as an adult and being saved from a lot of things of the world. But I can tell you, when I opened my eyes, the sky was bluer, the (sighs) grass was greener, and I sensed his presence for the first time. Wow. Little did I know what it was because I was so young, but that's when my journey began. Yeah, that is so beautiful. I remember being that age, and I remember the simplicity of faith Mm -hmm. at that time. And You're not all mucked up. With the world and all, yeah. the, all those challenges and everything like that. So where did the story go from there? From there, I grew up in a home with three. I was the oldest. My parents, unfortunately, didn't look to the Lord as the third person in their marriage. And so a lot of times I was the adult and mm-hmm. I was example for my brother and my sister. So there were terminate times. There were times when I was put in that spot too young I know in eighth grade, my father moved out and told me to take care of my mom and my brother and sister, and I was too young for that responsibility. Mm -hmm. So then I took to drinking and making bad choices to cope with that. But praise God, he is so faithful. During that time, my best friend, her um, dad was a pastor of Assembly God Church. And they became my family. I wasn't always the best influence on their daughter, I'll be 100% honest. (laughs) I've even told them that. But God bless, they allowed me to be there every Wednesday, and every Wednesday go to the youth group. They showed me an example of a Christian family. They showed me an example of a Christian husband and a Christian mom. And again, eternally thankful. I believe where we are as Christians, it comes on the backs of a lot of people that invest and pray. And I'm a product of that. So not only my grandparents, but I'm eternally thankful for that family. So much of the time when I'm hearing the story, I'm thinking about the people who are listening and where they could see themselves in that story. Mm -hmm. They could just intentionally grandparent, which is an incredibly wonderful thing to do. But you have to be intentional about it. You have to make time for it. Or you could be the person on the block that takes in that girl that needs a little direction, even at the expense of maybe being a bad influence here or there. But the thing is, that's who we're reaching out to, right? Mm -hmm. There's people that are, are listening who go, yep, that's what I need to do. That makes sense to me. Or somebody else did that for me. I always like to think about People that they don't understand that you're telling the story about them, of the impact that they had and that the ripples that they caused to go out because they decided to step in. Yeah. Keep going. Where to go from there? So from there, God restored my walk with Him, I would say, my junior year of high school. That's when He spoke to me in a powerful way and just said, life is like a play. I have the beginning. I have the end. My plans and purposes are going to come about no matter what. Do you want to just be an extra in this play, or do you want to step forward? (laughs) That was convicting. (laughs) Wow. Because I realized right then I've just been watching. I I haven't Mm. been actively involved. So that's when I really said, use me any way you want. And I just, timing is perfect. So I got my life in such a way that I depended on him and fell in love with him in such a fresh way. And then that prepared me for probably one of the hardest times in my life. And what was that time? That was right after I graduated from high school. My husband and I are high school sweethearts. Is that right? (laughs) Yes. I like your husband. (laughs) I Oh, my husband is a treasure from the Lord. Did you hear that, Brian? Good job. (laughs) I see good. He is a treasure from the Lord. 
So I was engaged to him, and my parents were getting divorced. And I remember crying out to God, why? Why my family, out of all the families? And there was no divorce really in my family. I have people on both my mom's side and my dad's side married for 60 years, 70 years. So that's like the first time. Didn't have any examples of that besides friends at school or whatnot. So I cried out, why my family out of all families? And I know God spoke to me in such a powerful way. I have a family for you. Oh. I have a new family. And at that time, because I was newly engaged, I thought it was my relationship with my husband. But really, now looking back, it was the family of God. And where where were you guys at? Were you you looking for a church or you planted in a church? Well, I had a very difficult day at that time because like I said my parents were getting divorced I worked Brian was in the military already we were engaged but I lived in Wyoming and he was in Washington State at the time and I got done with my shift I was um, a waitress at a, a local restaurant there and this was before cell phones, so I had to call okay so I was calling home for a ride because I didn't have a vehicle or anything. And no one answered the phone, and I kept calling and calling. So I finally gave up. And in Wyoming, there are fields, <laughs> farming fields, and I was outside of town. It was over a mile to get home, so I cut through a cornfield that was plowed already to get home, wondering why no one answered the phone. And I walk home, and I turn the corner from my street, and there's three cop cars in front of my house. I've never had this before in my life. So I didn't know what I was going into. So I walked in that home asking the cops what was going on. And they said, we're here to take your dad. And I said, what's going on? And they, my dad hunted and fished. We were in Wyoming. So they were taking all his guns out. And they said, this is why. And there's a, a, my father wrote short stories. There was a short story on the kitchen table. And they said, read the last page. And it basically was a short story of a family falling apart, and the husband killed himself in the garage starting a vehicle. So they were taking him thinking he was going to commit suicide. I didn't know where my mom was. Anyways, that was a horrible day for me. And I quickly switched gears to where's my brother, where my sister, taking care of everybody. And then, God bless, my future in-laws took me in that day. Because at that time, I was a counselor for my mom and my dad. And when you're 18, you love both of them, and it's too hard to be their counselor. And I needed to withdraw from that and just get stable, (laughs) because that was a hard thing. So that was the day I moved out. Needless to say, when we got married, it was a beautiful day. I knew from that other family that took me in that I was entering a marriage covenant. And it wasn't just with Brian and I, but it was also the Lord. Mm. My best friend's dad married us, and he told me two beautiful things that I love to tell other people, and that is the beautiful responsibility as a wife. You can take those four walls of your home and make it a home that your husband can't wait to come home to or can't stand to go home to. (laughs) Yeah, I quickly learned that there is a a role to play as a wife, and that if, if you have God in that, it's a beautiful thing. Come on. He also told me, after I had my first child, he told me this, you realize how much you love Victoria. Like when you have that baby, you love them even if they're not that attractive. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with I'm Victoria, being by the no, way. No, she is beautiful. I've she heard. was beautiful. You've seen yeah, some newborns. Yeah. Let's just be yeah, honest. They're a mess. You love them wholeheartedly, 
without exception, yep. you would die for them. Yes. How many people don't look at their spouse that way? Yeah. And realize that is a treasure and that's a gift. Just like God gives us children, He gave us a gift in the spouse. Amen. So those are the two beautiful lessons that I learned when we finally got married. You know, it all comes from the purity of God's love. It says perfect fears. Fear is driven out by, by love when it's mature. And, and I take that to mean when you understand how much He loves you, then you're able to love others and see each other that way because we're not perfect. No. Right. Sometimes I'm not no. pretty. <laughs> Sometimes. And so He loves us that way. You're beautiful. Kevin. All the way. Thank you, Matthew. Now, I have a son who was recently in Bremerton. Happy birthday, Rodman. And you, I know, were there for a while. Right? Yes. I can imagine that there are challenges being a military wife. Did you find that to be true as well? Amen. Yes. <laughs> but it's another beautiful opportunity that God got me to trust in Him in a new way. Hmm. When I got married, I, you know how you do the five languages of love? Yes, I do. <laughs> Mine is quality time. Oh, unless they're deployed? And touch. Those <laughs> okay. things are gone. Oh. And so that was very hard for me. Very hard for me. So we got married. My parents got divorced a couple months before our wedding. So the wedding was difficult, but it was beautiful because I knew I was entering in that covenant. We had communion in our wedding. And when I prayed, it was another just precious moment that I'll never forget. It was like nobody was there and it was just me and the Lord. Nice. Love that. And just having his presence and knowing he was going before us and that we had to lean on him. Yeah. Had to lean on him to have a marriage that honors him. So, yes, we when we got married, we moved to Bremerton and quickly my husband went out to sea and I was there with knowing no one and a family that was broke up. And those two long love languages. So I cried out again to God, just like I did when my parents got divorced and said, this is hard. I miss my resting place because I saw my resting place at that time. At the end of the day, laying my head on my husband's chest and knowing anything we faced the next day, we would face together. Yeah. And that was gone. And God gently, he's always gentle. He's always a gentleman. Isn't he? I am your resting place. I want to be your resting place. And then I was convicted. God, I'm putting my husband where you want to be. Mm. Forgive me. And so through that time, again, it was against my natural instinct of wanting that quality time, wanting that touch. I learned to trust God in a whole new way. I learned to trust Him as my provider, my protector, and my resting place. Now, during those times of loneliness, though, I know there were times I cried out, God, I know you're here, but I want you with skin on. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets you, it. You know, and, and he does. And he would bring people that I went to church with that maybe I didn't have a relationship with. They were familiar to me, and they would speak those words that I was longing to mm. hear. I grew appreciation also for single parenting. Hmm. Toughest job on the planet. Yeah toughest job on the planet, and we just accept it in our society and don't realize that it is so tough. So I had experience in that when Brian was out to sea. I was a single parent, and there were times that I would cry out to God, I miss my job because I would be evaluated. My boss would sit me down and say, hey, Heather, you're doing this great. You work on this. I had no one evaluating. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but I wanted no, that I feedback. Yeah. I also understood the animal kingdom 
when I had my children. My father is a biologist, so I spent many times watching the animal shows, and I was always horrified as a little girl when they would eat their young. <laughs> yeah, that's horrifying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I don't want. But then I had children, and I said, I understand. Sometimes <laughs> children are irritating. Sometimes they push you to the limit. And it's like they just eat them, and I can make another. <laughs> just now, gobble them up. It's all over. We're not going to do that. But Good I know I had those times where I'm like, am I doing anything right? I, I, I see them fighting. I am trying to teach them your principles. Please, and, and he would have somebody come up to my at church that I don't really know that well and say, hey, you're doing a great job with your girls. Yeah, right on. Just like you told Matt today. Yeah. You're an encourager. You learned that. <laughs> yes. So it's beautiful how he reveals himself. If you cry out, he's so evident, so present, yeah. he will reveal himself. I know there were times even taking the school, and it was a horrible morning. As a young mom, you have those mornings where it's hard just to get out the door. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I would say again, God, am I doing anything good? And I would put on those little kid tapes with the praise music, and all of a sudden, they would be both raising their hands and praising mm, God. And I'm like, you thank go. you That's for so a nice window to, to see what you see. Because sometimes I'm like, God, I want to see what you see. Let me see the eternal. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think it's so encouraging. There's people that are listening to this and saying, I get exactly where Heather is coming from. Either I've been there or I am there. And I wrote down that quote, I want to be your resting place. And that's true for the other people that are listening that are going through it as well. Whether they're a single mom or they're just functionally a single mom because dad's out doing what he's got to do or right. anything. Right. So I see Brian a lot around church. Is he retired from the service now? Yes, he is. Okay, because I see him home. Good. Yes. How did you get from there down to San Diego? The Navy. Okay. Yes. I guess all paths in the Navy lead to San Diego eventually, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful story, too, because my husband, God bless him, he didn't care about his chest. He didn't care about- All those ribbons? Yes, he did not care. So we were able to stay in the same house for over 10 years. Wow. wow. Most military can't do that. So he would take jobs that they would say, this isn't good for your career, you're not good, and he didn't care. He's, I, he did it mainly for the benefits afterwards, retirement, and then wanted to keep his kids stable in the same school. Boy, that's so In good. the same church. So he sacrificed that way, but it finally came to an end. And God bless, again, perfect timing. Yeah, amazing. Unfortunately, our church in Washington State allowed sin in. Hmm. I saw the spirit of divorce, people that were married over 30 years getting divorced. Hmm. You would never think of it in the church. It was sad to see. The church was just folding. And that's the time that God called us out and brought us here. Now, Bryce says that my nail marks are still on the freeway <laughs> coming south. <laughs> but um, I know God brought us here. I know that He edified our faith once again and those we got to meet this side of heaven. Um, and it was instrumental for our children. Our children grew up here. Our children accepted Christ here. Uh. So we're eternally thankful. I believe everywhere that we have lived, it, we always ask God, where do you want to put us? You want to live where God called you to be. And definitely. Was he in the Navy when you were here in San Diego yes. as well? Did you find some support and some people? Because you were up there all alone and all by yourself. Did you know anybody down here? Okay. Absolutely not. Funny story on that. It's actually we're celebrating 20 years now of that time because we moved here in 2003. Okay. Wow. We were here a couple months and the whole place caught on fire. Oh, that's Ooh. right. Yeah. 
And so then they were saying this neighborhood, this neighborhood, and we had a map out. We didn't know neighborhoods. We just moved here. <laughs> like, okay, are we supposed to go somewhere or are we not? But a beautiful thing happened. I was introduced to San Diego through that. And I got to see the line of cars down the freeway of people saying, here's water, yeah. here's blankets, here's this. And God's just spoke to my heart, how beautiful is the heart of this city I brought you to. I want them to further the gospel. I didn't know what that meant. Hmm. You do know what that means now, though. Yes. And I didn't want to rush to this, but I do want to talk about it because just what you said, okay, what's God telling you to do? Where is he telling you to live? Just go do that. That's in your best interest. Just do what you're led to do. So tell me a little about Operation Christmas Child and how you got involved, because this is such a beautiful way to express the love of God to kids who really need it. So just explain that. Some of the listeners know about it, but you can tell them the inside scoop. So again, this is an answer to prayer. I had a three-year-old and a newborn baby. The last Christmas I thought was disgusting. My daughter was the first grandchild on both sides, and grandmas went a little. Crazy. <laughs> I've seen this. <laughs> so the presents are over the Christmas tree, <laughs> and my daughter had to take a nap to finish opening her gifts. <laughs> Those are grandparents. Wow. So that was on my heart. I was crying out to God, "How will my girls know the true meaning of Christmas? This is what they see." Yeah. This is their environment. And so I'd been praying that for quite some time, and I ended up going to church. This was still in Washington State, and up went a video of Operation Christmas Child. And I knew right then and there it was an answer to my prayer. Because through Operation Christmas Child, my children at their young age could spread the gospel to another child their same age in another country around the world. Wow. And how does that work? How, does, how do they get to do that with this program? So with this program, you can take any shoebox. You get to pick boy or girl in an age group. You fill it with small toys, hygiene items, and school supplies. And the most important thing to put in is prayer. What I love about this ministry is that it unites the body in Christ in such a beautiful way. I feel privileged to be called to the position that I'm at because I get to see the church worldwide. I get to see my community of San Diego coming together and uniting and spreading the gospel. And then I've been privileged to hear the stories from around the world of the partners that um, we partner with Operation Christ Child that take the boxes we feel as a toy to reach the lost, to reach the needy children around the world. Our boxes are just a tool that opens the door to closed areas and on-reach people groups. Yeah. Mm. Now, when I can, do you know what year we met? Because I remember meeting you, and you said something about this Operation Christmas Child thing, and I go, I don't know what it is. What's the deal? And then the 18-wheelers started showing up, Matt. It's not just a little it thing. It is no joke. Yeah. I think that's the first time I met you, Heather, was at that little door right there on the side of the building of the yep, church. Yeah. Yep. How has it grown over the years? Because I, I think it's gotten bigger and bigger at Foothills. At oh, least. it's ginormous. Yes. And, and you've taken, you might have taken on more responsibility as well. The ministry started in 93. Okay. 1993. And 97 is when the Lord brought the ministry to my family and we started packing boxes. So for years, I just packed boxes in my church in Washington State. Then God brought us here. 
And I was shocked by how little people know about it. Yeah. In, in, and no one was doing it. I went to the principal of the Trinity Christian School, is where my kids were going to school, and asked the principal, would you like a project where your students can spread the gospel around so the world? So was that Jamie, or who, was that Jimmy, or who was it then? Charlene Park. Okay, all right. I yeah. know some folks over So 2003. There. And then... In 2009, the place that I was dropping my boxes off, it was not a church, and they changed it to just be churches, because we want to minister to the people in our communities yeah. and the people that will receive the boxes and work to spread the gospel. Well, and, and the ones that give, too. I know our church has fully embraced it, and they love it. You're out there in the lobby with a big pile of boxes around you, and people love filling them. They like being a part yes. of it, so they yes. get blessed as well. It is true. Yeah. You get to be a missionary right from your home. Yeah. Think about it. You get to be a Christian influence in countries you'll never go. Yeah. And one day in heaven. You meet a lot of box kids. Great, yep. great is the multitude. I can tell you, I just had a story come across my lap this um, last week of a little girl in Egypt. She got a box and she was probably 10 or 11 years old. She went through our discipleship program, which is a 12-week program where we learn who Jesus is, how to follow Him, and how to spread Him to others. She finished that program and then guess what happened? <laughs> COVID happened. Uh, and her church was shut down. This is Egypt, okay? Right. She went and spent her money on a little kid's microphone and taught all the kids in her neighborhood the greatest journey. <laughs> and so she was yeah. quoting scripture and having the kids recite scripture. And during COVID, everybody's locked up, so people were coming out of their buildings and they were hearing the scripture too. From a 10-year-old. Most wow. of the kids That's that so cool. she taught now are teaching others. So the multiplication that God uses through these young evangelism mm. all around the world yeah. is incredible. Yeah, it's beautiful. Give us an idea of the size of it. Because I've watched it grow, okay. but we were kind of a center for it. I can tell you the ministry as a whole, because it's a worldwide ministry, every year starts with zero boxes, and through God's blessing, we get to about 11 million every year. 11 million. I, that's not all through Foothills, but it seems like it. <laughs> They're loading them up. Yes. At, at, within the San Diego area, we usually collect, we have been, God's been blessing us with about 20,000 each year. Yeah. I know I started collecting shoeboxes at Foothills in 2009, and since that time, we've collected over 70,000 just at Foothills. Yeah, wow. That's so cool. And they can just, folks that are listening go, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I can do that. So they just go Operation Christmas Child.org. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just came up Look with Look at you. Wow. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What is the Lord teaching you right now? I know you're busy with Operation Christmas Child. He speaks to you. I've got quotes from God on my note sheet here. What is he teaching you these days? To trust him. To trust him. Every struggle that we come up against is another opportunity to trust Him, but we have a choice. I'm just an ordinary person that He gave an opportunity to, and I said yes. <laughs> For me, it's very important how I finish. I know so many people are Christian, but I want to finish strong. Yeah, I get that. I want to spread His love. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I lean on that and lean on Him, and it's just a beautiful way, because this is far bigger than I could ever do. Yeah. If you would have told my young self that I would be the volunteer air coordinator for San Diego for Alvarez Christian Child, I would say no. I was like Moses. I was a child that didn't talk until second grade in school. 
I was extremely shy. I was more comfortable in the woods praising the Lord through song than speaking to people. Mm. But when God calls you to fulfill what He gave all of us, the mission to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, He will give you the tools that you need to fulfill that mission. I think the most wonderful thing, and you said it earlier on, He knows you. And he made you, mm-hmm. and he is going to give you the opportunities that are right for you, even though sometimes they can be a little hard, right? Mm-hmm. But man, he's just going to grow you in to who exactly who he designed you to be, mm-hmm. and never leave you or forsake you. And and be blessed that it's too hard. Because that's when you learn to trust Him. Yeah, you got to lean into Him then. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm just so glad that everybody gets to know you a little bit yeah. better and that they can see in this journey that you've been on God's faithfulness and His calling Amen. and that they're sent. Yeah. Amen. Amen.